You're listening to Language Cast's Football Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the show for all football fans who want to improve their English language skills. My name's Damon, I'm living in Tokyo and we're enjoying some really lovely spring weather. And down the line in London is Damien. Damien, how are things down there? Hello, Damon. Uh, yes, Spring's also coming through here in London. It's good to hear from you again. It's been a couple of weeks now since the last podcast and lots and lots of football news, including, of course, the draws for the Champions League and the Europa League. The uh, congratulations to Liverpool, of course. Get in. Uh, the start of the MLS in America. Uh, and, of course, the fantastic battle at the top of the Premier League in England between Leicester, Tottenham, Arsenal and Man City. Anything else, Damon? But you said Arsenal and Man City, but it's, surely it's Leicester and Tottenham, isn't it? Well, it, might, it might just be Leicester. <laughs> but as I'm based in Japan, I think I should also mention there was a shock result a few weeks ago. And that saw the Japanese women's team fail to qualify for the Olympics later in the year. And remember, the Japanese side were world champions in 2011 and made the finals last year. So this was a huge surprise, especially to the locals here. And like MLS, the domestic league here the J-League is up and running and it's four games in and my local side Kawasaki are on top with three wins and a draw. 4-0 was their last result. Good stuff. Good luck to Kawasaki this season, Damon. Now, before our main report this week, we'd just like to ask all of our listeners to come along to our site here at languagecaster.com and tell us what you think of the show by leaving a comment. And while you're there, check out our football glossary, which is a massive list of football phrases, hundreds and hundreds of them. Now, if you can't find a word, let us know and we'll do our best to add it. Now, we'd also like to thank one of our Twitter followers. That's at Oya Jimbo, owner of Luna International English School in Matsumoto in Nagano in Japan, who has finished turning our glossary into vocabulary study sets on uh, the fantastic site Quizlet.com. So go along to Quizlet.com, search for Language Caster, and start practicing your football language. Now, cheers to that, Oya Jimbo. Now, if anyone else has any ideas on how to use our glossary in teaching or learning, let us know via comments on our site. You can send us a tweet to at LanguageCaster or you can come along to our Facebook page at Learning English Through Football. Yes, brilliant stuff. Now, it's time for some more listening practice with our main report. And as it was St. Patrick's Day, which was March the 17th a few days ago, uh, which of course is the Irish National Day, on this week's listening practice report, Damien, an Irishman himself, takes a look at some of the best ever Irish football stars. Now, before we listen, I've got a question for you. Now, the answer is in the report if you listen carefully, and we'll also give you the answer at the end of the show. So the question is, which country has appeared most times in the World Cup? Is it Northern Ireland or the Republic of Ireland? Well, today is St. Patrick's Day. That's March the 17th which of course is the Irish National Day. So, on this week's listening practice report, we take a look at some of the best ever Irish footballers. Now, if you come along to our site at languagecaster.com, you can read the transcript of this report, while we also have explanations of key vocabulary for all learners of English who love their football. Listening practice report... Irish football stars. 
Now, Ireland has a long tradition of football. The Irish Football Association was founded in 1880, and its first ever international match was against England in 1882. There are two football federations in Ireland currently. The Irish Football Association, that's the IFA, and they oversee football in Northern Ireland. While the Football Association of Ireland, the FAI, organises football in the Republic of Ireland. Both teams have played in the World Cup on three occasions. Northern Ireland qualified in 1958, 1982 and 1986, while the Republic played in 1990, 1994 and again in 2002. Now, down through the years, there have been many wonderful Irish players, such as former Northern Ireland captain Danny Blanchflower, Ireland's 1990 World Cup central defender Paul McGrath, playmaker Liam Brady, and Norman Whiteside, who was a young superstar in the 1986 World Cup. And so, in this week's practice listening report, we have four more footballing greats who played for Irish teams. George Best. Belfast-born George Best was a forward with Manchester United, and he helped them win the European Cup in 1967 in thrilling style. Best played only 37 times for Northern Ireland, and never played at a major championship with his international side, but he was still regarded as one of the greatest ever players to have played the game. Indeed, when Best passed away in 2005, Diego Maradona said of the Manchester United winger, he was flamboyant and exciting and able to inspire his teammates. I actually think we were very similar players, dribblers who were able to create moments of magic. High praise indeed. Roy Keane, the former captain of Manchester United and the Republic of Ireland, played 67 times for his country between 1991 and 2005. The midfielder was voted Ireland's best player at the 1994 World Cup when they reached the second round, but he did not play in 2002 after falling out with then-manager Mick McCarthy. What a pity, as Keane had been immense in the qualifying rounds and was instrumental in the team getting out of a group that included Portugal and Holland. Tough tackling, brave, intelligent, a fierce will to win and a wide range of passing. Whenever Keane played, Ireland always had a chance, which was testament to how good the player was. Pat Jennings. Not many players can play for both Tottenham and Arsenal and still be respected by both sets of fans in North London, yet that is what goalkeeper Pat Jennings managed to do. He played a remarkable 472 times for Spurs and then another 327 times for rivals Arsenal in a 19-year career, lasting from 1964 to 1986. He also played 119 times for Northern Ireland, including two World Cups, 1982 in Spain and 1986 in Mexico. Undoubtedly one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Robbie Keane, the striker, has had a fantastic career, and this former Tottenham, Liverpool and Inter Milan player holds the Republic of Ireland's record for appearances, with 143, and most goals scored, 67. Keane played in the 2002 World Cup, scoring three times as Ireland reached the second round, and he'll be involved again in this summer's European Championships in France. Now here's our small list of great Irish football players. Let us know which players you think should be included in the best ever. Now don't forget you can download the transcript for this report by coming along to our site here at languagecaster.com.
Very interesting, Damien. Now, I want to ask you, who is your favourite Irish player? Well, Damien, um, I actually met Pat Jennings uh, when I was growing up in Tottenham. No. and he was the top. I did, I did, and the Tottenham goalkeeper. And we all love Pat, big Pat Jennings. Um, but I think my favourite player is Roy Keane. Um, I've seen him play a few times for Ireland. And as I said in the report, any time that he played, Ireland always had a chance of winning. Difficult to argue with that. Now, just a quick reminder, we also have a football language quiz connected to that listing report that you can find here at languagecaster.com. It's a, a listing gap fill. Now, you can also keep up to date with lots of new football language and vocabulary by signing up for our newsletter and by coming along to our site again at languagecaster.com. You can also follow us on Facebook. Uh, that's our Learn English Through Football page and on our Twitter account. And we'd like to say thank you to, uh, to Viz, to Eunice, to Lucia and Ahmed, who've all followed us recently on Facebook, and to Shimrapal, Fahad and Mark for doing the same on Twitter. Now, next up, we have our weekly football phrase. And Damien is going to introduce to capitalise on an error. This week's English for football phrase is to capitalise on an error. Now, when a team makes a mistake in a game, the opponents can often benefit or capitalise on this mistake or error. For example, if a team loses the ball near their own penalty area, then the opposing team might be able to score a goal. They would have capitalised on the team's error to score a goal. We can also use the phrase to capitalise on when describing a team benefiting from another team's error or slip-up. So, for example, if the teams in second and third place in the league fail to win, and the leaders do, then we say they have capitalised on their opponent's slip-up. Now, for example, Juventus capitalised on an error in the Bayern defence to open the scoring. Or... The leaders capitalised on the chasing pack who all drew by winning away at their rivals. To capitalise on an error. Now, if you have any suggestions for words or phrases from football that you would like explained, let us know by coming along to our site here at languagecaster.com. Cheers, Damien. Next up, and our final part of the show, is our predictions, and it's Derby-tastic this week. We've got derbies from England, Italy, Turkey, and Holland. We've got Manchester United taking on their rival City at the top of the Premier League, while Newcastle United face Sunderland at the bottom of the league. Torino will be hoping that Juventus will suffer from a Champions League hangover in the Turin derby, while Galatasaray hosts Fenerbahce in Turkey, and PSV face Ajax in a top-of-the-table clash from Holland. Now, this week, our guest predictor is James, and he's a big Manchester City fan. Now, before we have a look at this week's predictions, let's have a quick reminder of the current standings in the predictions battle. Damon, you have 120 points. Uh, our guests have 99, and I'm still out in front with 129. Let's see how we do this week. Yeah, but it, it's close. It's close. Nine points. I can I can bridge that. Tottenham are eight points behind Leicester. Good point, good point. Now we've got three games in the Premier League. Start off with the Chelsea-West Ham one. Now this game took place yesterday. What did you put down? 
I thought it would be a 1-0 Chelsea win. I thought it was going to be 1-1, and James thought West Ham would win 2-1, and they should have won 2-1. They should have. Um, but uh, it was 2-2, so that's mm. a point for me. Okay, next up we've got the uh, North East Derby, Newcastle United, taking on Sunderland, and that game kicks off in a couple of hours. I've gone for a 2-1 Newcastle United win. How about you? Yeah, I've gone for a Newcastle win as well. I think the new manager effect will kick in. I think they're going to win 1-0, and James has gone for a 4-2 Newcastle home win. I hope so. (laughs) Always believe in Benitez. That's my motto. (laughs) Now, the next one is another derby from the Premier League. That's Man City against Man United. And um, this isn't a title decider at all. This one is to see which of the Manchester clubs will be playing in the Champions League next year, I think. Damien, what do you think? Yeah, I think this is going to be a 1-1 draw. I think uh, Manchester United are going to play a typically cagey game and Manchester City aren't impressing at the moment, so 1-1. Interestingly, our Manchester City fan James has gone for a United 2-1 away victory. And I'm going to go for a home win. I think City are actually going to win it 2-1. Okay, what about the Turin derby? Torino against Juventus. What do you think will happen in this big derby? I think Juventus' defeat against Bayern Munich after extra time in the Champions League this week. Well, what a game that was. I think it will play an effect, and I think this will finish 1-1. What do you think? I also think it will have an effect, but uh, I think Juventus will still win this one 1-0. I think the quality they have is way, way higher than Torino. Um, Otherwise, they might have won this comfortably 2-3, but perhaps they'll sneak a 1-0 win. And James uh, thinks they will win it comfortably 4-1. Now we've got two classic European matches to finish off this week. We've got the Turkish Super League between uh, Galatasaray and Fenerbahce. What do you reckon? What a huge game. Massive game. This is, I mean, we talk about derbies in Europe and uh, we talk about Liverpool playing Manchester United and Tottenham and Arsenal, but I think this one has quite a lot of passion involved. Um, Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to go for a Fenerbahce win, 1 0. I'm going to go for a 1 1 draw, and James has gone for the same result, so 1 1, 1 1. And over in uh, the Eredivisie, we got PSV taking on Ajax. And this is top versus second. And Ajax, if they win this one, uh, they can leapfrog Eindhoven uh, into top spot and probably, probably, you never know, uh, win the league. So this is a massive game. And I'm going to go for Ajax to do that 1-0. How about you? I think it's going to finish 1-1. Okay. And James, he's gone for a 2-1 Ajax win. Fantastic stuff. Now, uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Oh, before we go, Damon, what was the answer to our main listening report question? Well, the answer was they've both, Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland, featured in the World Cup equal times, three each. That's right, that's right. I was was at the Ireland game in 2002 in Japan. (laughs) Enjoy all the football, everybody. It's going to be a great day of football today here in England. Yep, I've got to dash off now and watch my team Liverpool play Southampton. Ta-ra. Enjoy your football. See you next week. Bye-bye.